All right. So, it's uh, it's been too long. I uh, had recorded this podcast a while ago. Unfortunately, a couple things happened. So, first one, obviously, as most people know in the gym, we're moving to Barhaven. So, the logistics of that kind of happened. And the other thing is computer stopped working really well. So, it was taking too long to upload and other things had to get done including programming other things for the box so the podcast never got uploaded thinking about it what I wanted to do I don't think I answered all the questions that I I was asked thoroughly so I really wanted to get to all of them a little bit better so I'm going to break this up into two podcasts this will be episode 9 Almost at 10. So I'm going to answer half the questions now. And then some of the other questions later. Maybe not on episode number 10. Maybe it'll be 11. Maybe it'll be 12. We'll see how it goes. But here we go. So I'm going to open my LaCroix. Because Kat told me not to drink it. And then I saw her drinking it. So, yep. I'm going back to LaCroix. It is delicious. Okay, let's answer Justin's question first. Justin has a really good question. Choose between the following for the worst bad habit for a CrossFitter or choose the first you would deal with if you had all eight. So let's go over them. So number one, occasional drinking binge. Number two, never a full eight hours of sleep per night. Number three, chips and burgers for lunch every day. Number four, not showing up to CrossFit when feeling lazy. Number five, Nutella for breakfast every day. Number six, can of pop a day. Number seven, social use of tobacco or pot. And number eight, stressful relationship at home. So all of them have to be addressed I mean, if we're talking total and complete health, all these issues definitely need to be addressed. The worst bad habit, I wouldn't say, so stressful relationship is not a bad habit. We all have stressful relationships, whether they're at home, at the job. Um, can't get away from those. So I wouldn't necessarily call these a bad habit. It's, it's more of nipping in the butt what we can't access at first. So the first thing I would do, there's a couple of them that really stand out for me. So a can of pop a day, Nutella for breakfast every day, and chips and burgers for lunch every day. So those are things we're doing every day. I would challenge whoever this is geared towards to limit that to maybe three times a week, four times a week, every other day, right? And hopefully that becomes a trend that... You can replace those with things you like equally as much and maybe uh, get rid of those altogether. You know, in terms of seriousness, so number one, the occasional drinking binge. Like, you know, for me, are we talking once a week, once a month, once every three months? 
So occasional is subjective, right? Obviously, the less we have drinking binges, uh, the healthier we're going to be. But there are occasions for celebration that if you want to have more drinks than not, it's not the worst thing in the world. Now, I'm not giving my permission to do it, but I'm not. I've, I've, I do it once in a while. I do it less now. Um, Never a full eight hours of sleep per night. I'm not sure I get a full eight hours of sleep every night either. Again, it's something I would like to work on uh, when I move to the new house. Right now with moving, packing, and everything else in my life that's going on, I'm not going to enumerate it for you on the podcast unless somebody wants to ask me in person. I'd be more than happy to. Um, But eight hours of consistent sleep is something I'd like to work on, but it's hard. Not showing up to CrossFit when feeling lazy. Well, right, the beauty of CrossFit is don't think of it as a one hour, hour and a half, whatever workout, you know, there and back. It's your job is to simply get through the door and say to yourself, okay, I'm going to go there and I'm going to do the warm up. And guess what happens? You're there, you see people you know, you're into the warm up, you're into the workout. And man, it could be the worst workout of your life, but I've never heard a person say to me, I wish I didn't do any physical activity today. It's just unheard of, right? Social use of tobacco and pot. So tobacco, the science has proven, um, we need to drop that. That needs to be absolutely dropped. Pot, uh, so I'm assuming we're talking about marijuana here. There is some benefit uh, inhalation-wise I'm unaware of, but from the edible side, there's now been shown some benefit in terms of uh, helping anxiety, PTSD, um, insomnia. Then you have stressful relationship at home, which is not a simple solution. So would it be the first I would deal with? Maybe not the first, but it's something that you definitely have to deal with. And it's definitely not simple. So again, my first three, Justin, I know you just wanted one, but my first three would be the chips and burger for lunch every day, the Nutella for breakfast every day, and the can of pop every day, because I think that's the simplest that we can attack. And I think you can um, not necessarily cut them out, but at least limit them to start. Great. So I got two questions from Sean. I'm going to attack those next. Sean's first question. How do you know if you're training or competing? For the most part, I'd say if you come to CrossFit uh, five days a week, four weeks in a month, so let's just say that's 20 sessions, you're competing maybe one, maybe two of those sessions. In, in the workout, which has been designated either a repeat wad by the coach, so it's it's an open wad, uh, maybe it's it's a big wad that we've done in the box. But the important thing is not to let the standard slide. And I was talking to this by by a couple, uh, sorry, I was talking to a couple of athletes, a couple of classes. Is in a workout you never want to be 
absolutely out of control. And what I mean by that is think about where you are in the workout. Is your plan working? Is it not working? And if it's not working, make a new plan on the spot. But never get so out of control where your standards are sliding, where you're losing count. That's a big thing. Where you're losing count of where you are in your workout, how many rounds have you done. If you're losing count of how many rounds you've done or where you're at in a workout, you're now competing. And you need a judge. So in the open, it's nice to have a judge counting your reps. Forget them judging your standard, but at least counting your reps so you can now compete for a score. In training, you should know at all times where you are in your workout. And that's important, right? So training and competing, when you get out of that zone of knowing where you are in a workout, or when your standards are riding a fine line, you're competing. But for the most part, we should be training. We should be practicing. We should know where we are in a workout, see if what we thought the way the workout would go is actually happening. So if we have 15 handstand push-ups and we're going to break it up into a set of 10 and a set of 5, do we have to now break it up into a, a set of uh, 6, 5, 4 to get through it? So we can write that down and then attack that that way the next time uh, we go at it. Right on. Good question, Sean. Next one. Do you feel like the box is growing in the direction you intended? Well, it's growing for sure. But in terms of the direction I intended, there's no real direction I intended the box to grow. And what I mean by that is we were open to a culture. Um, let me rephrase that. We were open to a culture that presented itself. And so, again, what I mean by that is if the majority of people that came to CrossFit were retirees, that's where we would gear towards. If the majority of people who came to CrossFit were under the age of 16, then that's what we would gear towards. You know, we never intended to have uh, a competitive box. Not to say that we're against competition. We love it. We love it when athletes go to compete, uh, especially at the local comps and represent YOW. We love it when uh, Mike goes to the Atlas Games and, again, represents YOW. It's, it's great to see. But in terms of, of the direction of the box, you know, that's kind of open. That's We've kind of, or I've kind of wanted the members to kind of dictate where that's going. What I would, or sorry, what, I, what I've liked seeing and the direction, maybe not the direction, but the culture I've always wanted to foster is that team environment. And that's important. And it's not, obviously it's not doing team wads every day. We do the team wads on Saturday. But it's more the last person to finish is just as important as the first. We all wait for the last workout to finish before putting away equipment. We all respect each other's time by showing up on time for the workout so that 
the coach doesn't have to repeat it, uh, doesn't have to repeat himself or herself, and that the athletes um, get as much coaching as they can, so the coach isn't working with, uh, or or again repeating himself about the workout. Uh, people are supportive in terms of when they notice something's wrong with somebody, like their mood isn't quite the same. They're asking them, is there anything they can do? Is there anything they can help? Outside of the gym, people are hanging out. So again, the team aspect, because I've always played team sports. I've always loved team sports. I did triathlon for a while. And what I didn't like was that a lot of the training was individual. You had to do it on your own, which isn't a terrible thing, but I like cycling more because, again, it was a team sport. And I truly believe even Matt Frazier, like Sammy, does everything for him, gets everything ready. So he, he has a team, right? He may do the, the training by himself, but he has a, he has a support group. So that's my big thing is I, I feel like we're growing uh, in that direction. It's a team. Everybody wants to get a little bit fitter. Every day, everybody wants to get 1% better. Everybody wants to do well in workouts, scale them appropriately, and um, be part of something that's important. Be part of something that's bigger than themselves. And I think that's what we're trying to do, and that's where we're going at YOW. So two good questions, Sean. So Kat has 10 questions, some real good ones. Some ones I think I would like to ask other people when I interview them as well. They don't really like these podcasts going over 30 minutes. So I'm going to try to start with number one. We'll see what we get to here. All right. What are good strategies to maintain a healthy lifestyle while working shift work? All right. So I can only again talk for myself. So I work seven 24-hour shifts a month. And during that shift, we eat actually fairly healthy at our station. Uh, one thing that is tough is, is obviously the sleep. So the nutrition for us isn't a big deal because, again, we do eat fairly healthy. Uh, we try not to buy ice cream. If there's ice cream left over from the last shift, yeah, we'll, we'll partake in that. But for the most part, uh, nutrition is the issue. It's, it's really, for me, is the sleep. Now, we don't get calls every night. But even when you don't get calls, and we joke about this all the time, like, yeah, we get to sleep. But even when you don't get calls, you're sleeping on high alert, if that makes any sense. So something moves, something uh, twitches, you do wake up. So it's not exactly a restful sleep. So 25% of the time, you're not exactly getting a restful sleep. So the next day for me, uh, come home, drop off the kids almost immediately when I get home. At least I get to see them be part of their day a little bit if I have to go to CrossFit at night. And I go home and I try to sleep for at least an hour to two hours, uh, depending if I'm coaching at noon or not. And when I started that, that really helps my day. So for people doing shift work, if they can get home and immediately get to sleep, especially if you're working that night shift, 
you know, not a bad idea. Instead of squeezing in a workout, I would definitely say get some sleep, get some recovery, get some food, and then take a nap. Get a blackout room. Make sure there's no light in the room, no LED lights. Put the cell phone away and try to get that two-hour, three-hour, even if you can sleep. So that's important. Okay. Number two. How do you program for the box? Is there a year-long plan? So is there a year-long plan? Yes, there is a year-long plan. Um, and it varies between gymnastics and Olympic cycles with conditioning all through the year. So conditioning is our bread and butter. Actually, that's not true. <laughs> Nutrition is our bread and butter as we should all be, be looking more and more into that and how to dial that in. But after that, uh, it is conditioning. It's making sure you know, we have engines. So that's always going to be a part of CrossFit. Whatever cycle we want to do, if it's going to be a little bit um, gymnastics biased, Olympic lifting biased, or there's no bias at all, we just program with a... Uh, with a plan in mind, maybe for that month or that quarter. Conditioning is always a part of it. So that is never going to be taken out. Now, whether that's uh, three to four minutes or 25 to 30 minutes, kind of depends. Uh, after that, like I just said, we, we run cycles. We'll run generally a strength cycle after the open because uh, it's quite taxing in terms on our body and we, we do lose some strength because we don't really want to go over 70, 75% unless the workout calls for us or during the week. We don't exactly go that heavy, so we lose a little bit of strength, which is regained in about a four to five week strength cycle uh, after the open. Generally after that, we do a little bit more gymnastics, heavy wad and skill, followed by another Olympic lifting, and a, a, a very minor strength cycle. Again, back to some gymnastics, uh, just some some fun wads after that. Usually the team series then is around that point. Get ready for the liftoff. Uh, a little bit more of an Olympic lifting cycle. December is again, fun wads. We start to work on, well, we're always working on them, but just trying to dial in um, some more movements that we may see in the open that people want to work on. Uh, your double unders, your handstand push-up, things like that. Again, I try, I really try to program uh, for, for, the, for the greater population uh, of people's weaknesses or things we really need to work on. You know, today we had hang kettlebell snatches and uh, we're going to program those next week. We've got to work on those. Those, um, yeah, I don't want people to get hurt behind the wrist, and we've got to learn how to proper technique for that. So, yeah, there is there's a, there's a plan in mind, and I think in order to achieve uh, conditioning, we're working on that all year. Um, the lifting, you can only do so much of that. You don't want to break the body down quite so much, and you somewhat increase percentages. And the gymnastics, you know, we've kind of with, with Emma and Mike going to the gymnastics course, I've very much bought in to working on stricter movements 
even if they're in wads. Again, we go back to that training practicing thing, right? Making sure we're not sacrificing form just for ugly reps sometimes. And yeah, that's it. How do you know you wanted to take the L1 and coach? Right, so I've always, um, something again about me, I've always coached pretty much from the time I was 16, 16 years old when I, no, sorry, 17 years old uh, when I was helping to coach high school soccer. And then I coached actually my last year in high school, I coached my high school soccer team as a senior with just a uh, teacher coach supervising. And then through university coached uh, coach hockey goalies with, uh, with my cousin Michael Lawrence, who's now a professional goalie coach in Switzerland. Yeah, so I did the off ice part, he did the on ice part. There was a lot of crossover in terms with soccer goalkeeping strength and conditioning with hockey goalkeeping uh, strength and conditioning. So did that. Uh, coached at the university level at the NCAA for soccer. Did the strength and conditioning portion as well. Around, I want to say 2000, 2006. 2007, I started to do quasi-crossfit. And the L1, I really, again, it. we moved back to Ottawa. I'm sure I've told this story to many of you, but the short story is moved back to Ottawa, working for a job in sport, and was not for me. The organization and me were at odds with what we thought should be done in certain terms. And... Uh, so that didn't work out and eventually said, you know what? I've always coached, I've always liked training people, I've always liked fitness and I just started CrossFit. I wasn't even a year into CrossFit when I decided to take my L1. And the choice was simple for me, it was, it was a dream. And there was no CrossFit in Barhaven and it all worked out. So how did I know I wanted to to take the L1 and coach? I think it's something that I've always wanted to do. It's 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 always been a part of my life. So the decision was really easy. Yeah. Question 4. You're a firefighter and a box owner. Which were which were two life goals? What are your new long-term goals going forward? So the first one is obviously to move to Barhaven, have a successful move, get set up, be at the gym a lot more, maybe not coaching a lot more, but just being there, being more present, be more present at the 6 a.m.s, be more present sometimes at the last classes, um, doing more events, helping the coaches get better, bringing on new coaches, helping them develop as coaches, uh, grow the box to the point where hopefully one day uh, build our own box build our own facility build our CrossFit Mayhem in uh, Barhaven which I think is, is the goal of a lot of boxes out there and uh, there's no reason why we can't do that uh, 
so as a gym yeah I want to get get to know the members more I want to run uh, goal setting sessions more do some one-on-ones in terms of goal setting a little bit more with all the members so there's lots there's lots of things uh, by me moving there by me saving probably about two hours a day with just the drive is going to help with and be more flexible in terms of coaching with my time so I can I can maneuver around uh, with coaching which uh, thankfully Emma has been able to take on living five minutes away from the box like she's been phenomenal with that so um, want to help her out some more give her a little bit more freedom uh, in terms of uh, athletics you know, I'm I'm starting to, starting to embrace the uh, the uh, masters hashtag. Uh, I would like to see where that goes, but again, as long as I'm getting better, if others are getting better faster than I am, uh, which is out of my control, that's okay. I'm fine with that. I would like to uh, place I want to say top fifty in Canada in the firefighter division. I would like to get back to maybe, um, I want to say top 400 in Canada East. I think my best finish was three something. So that would be nice. And I'm talking again, sorry guys if I'm being unclear, but I'm talking about the, the, the CrossFit Open. And try to pick and choose some, some good comps to go to that uh, could potentially do well in. So did the, the Battle of the Ages in Carleton Place, which was a, a master's competition, which was really fun, held by DSF. Definitely recommend it. I'm thinking about doing the Atlas Games online qualifier. I did the UG qualifier went uh, and got, got to that, went to the UG Games for the Masters 35 division, finished fifth. Made a mistake during a workout, so... I want to redo that one. So yeah, just kind of, again, with a little bit more time, maybe able to work out once in the morning, then maybe another workout in the afternoon some days. Um, hopefully, you know, make make a run maybe at uh, top 100 at, at, in my age group at uh, the, the CrossFit Open. And... Uh, Hey, never know what will happen, right? I just want to progress. Just want to keep making gains and make sure that I'm not content. Okay. So, question number five. What qualities do you think make a successful athlete? Ooh, we're at 27 minutes. All right. This is my last question for tonight, guys. I don't want, again, try not to go too far over 30 minutes. So I'll keep it to here. So what qualities do you think make a successful athlete? Um, you know, I think if we want to talk about top-end athletics, there has to be uh, that genetic disposition. You, you, you do, at this, at, this, at this sport, at any sport now that is becoming more mainstream, there does have to be some innate talent, right? You can't get away from that. But what I would like to talk about more is, let's say everything is equal. Let's say everybody, everybody has some innate talent. 
So talent is not the uh, is not the barrier to success. Now, so if we were to we were to all to um, drive a car in a race, we're all going to drive Honda Civics, this exact same Honda Civic, right? So, then what does it really come down to? What what qualities make a successful athlete? And for me, you know, it's fairly simple. I've asked people before what makes a CrossFitter. And they said, well, it's, some people said, well, it's the ability to do every workout you program RX. And that's not it. That's not it at all. I can program and we will program probably something called a Matt Frazier week where everybody's going to be RX out of the workout. No one's going to be able to do any of the workouts that week RX. So everybody's going to have to find a scale that works for them. So then again, what qualities do you think make a successful athlete? It's that ability to look at a board, to look at a workout and say, okay, this is what I have to do. This is my plan. And I'm going to try to execute it to the best of my abilities, whether that's in a competition where a workout comes out that wow, I've never done strict handstand push-ups before. So let's go try them quickly, and I can only do one at a time. Well, guess what? I'm not going to try to do three in a row in the competition. I'm going to do them one at a time, and I'm going to stick to my plan, and I'm going to stay within myself and my abilities. And if it doesn't work out, that's fine. And other people beat me, that's fine. It's now something I need to work on, but I'm not going to get frazzled by it. I'm not going to get frustrated by it, right? So for me, a CrossFitter, somebody who can come into the gym, look at a board and say, okay, this is how I foresee the workout going. Here are my scales. I don't have to scale. I can RX this or I can RX everything except for this. I'm listening to the coach. I'm listening to the feedback in terms of what the wad should be. It's something fast. We should be able to move through all the movements. It's something where we're going to struggle at a certain part, so it's okay to go a little heavier. It's okay to go a little higher skill. right? And basically, learn how to adapt. Learn how to change things on the fly. Be mentally tough. Have grit. Don't expect everything to go to plan all the time. You know, Those are things that really make a good athlete. Those are things that I think you look at a girl like Tia Toomey, the difference between her coming second and winning last year was her mental game. I mean, physically, they all have to get better every year, but you have to believe you can do well. You have to believe you're going to be successful, and that's with any goal. Now, it's something you really, really got to believe in, got to think of, got to be consistently mindful of. That's a good question. Okay, guys, so there's five more questions. Let's see if I can attack a quick one here. Just one more, just for you guys. All right, actually, there's there's two. No, there's three. You know what? Here we go. These other ones are, are pretty big, and uh, I'd like to ask them to some other people. What was the hardest workout you've ever done, mentally, physically, or otherwise? So the hardest workout um, I've ever done, and there's always one that kind of comes up a year, is one where uh, 
you just get exposed. And sometimes it's not for lack of trying. So last year, uh, it was the workout with uh, the dumbbells and the bar-facing burpees in the open. I want to say it was 18.2. And my sister beat me in the workout, who does kind of, again, quasi-crossfit on her own. And I think I tried it maybe four times, maybe three times, and again, just could not uh, do the burpees or the squats fast enough and just got crushed and, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, and mentally it was something that, wow, I'm, I think I'm good at CrossFit. I thought I was good at CrossFit. And... And so you do that workout twice, you're like, okay, well, I'll do it a third time. And <coughs> it was not substantially faster. I mean, once the week finished and the times were posted, it was kind of a, bit, uh, it's kind of a relief to see a guy like Brett Fakowski, I think, finish um, not so well either. You know, a guy who's 6'2", uh, 215. So it was a bit of a relief, but... During that weekend, mentally, it was it was a battle to try again, try again, and you're putting in all the effort you can, but you can only go so fast when you're so tall, and uh, and you try and tell yourself that you're fit, and hey, that's that's CrossFit. Like, short people have to deal with wall balls, right? Shorter people have to deal with with rowing, which I don't practice. I don't even have a program for it, but I'm I'm fairly decent. I'm fairly decent at it. Um, yeah. So that was probably it. With your upcoming move to Barhaven, are you hoping to spend more time at the box? I'm not hoping to spend more time. I'm going to be spending more time. Um, that'll look like me being at one. If Emma lets me, maybe two 6 a.m. classes uh, during the week, depending on uh, the schedule. Uh, it'll look like me coaching a 4.30, saying hi to the people at 5.30, go pick up the kids, or the kids are already at the gym. So we go home for supper, eat supper, put the kids down for bed, and then coming back, uh, you know, between the uh, 7.30 or sorry, between the between the six forty and the seven forty five class, so I could see more people, right? Even if it's even if it's for that fifteen minute uh, lap over. So, I may not again, like I said before, I may not be coaching more, but I'll definitely be at the box more, uh, planning events again, getting to know people more, um, getting to know the fitness goals more talking to people about their nutrition uh, and anything else really uh, that we can improve on for the gym. So yeah, no, I, I will be, I'm not hoping to spend more time. I will be spending more time at the gym. You'll also see Sylvia and the boys at the gym more because um, I want them to be part of the community, right? I've given a lot to it and, and it's important that they're a part of it. What is one thing, so this is my last question, I promise, promise. What is one thing you wish you had known when you started CrossFit? 
Oh, I wish I had started a long time ago. That's one thing. But I can't change that now. So if somebody's coming into CrossFit, and I can say, here's one thing. I would say get a pair of shoes. Get a real good pair of CrossFit shoes. Get a CrossFit jump rope. Not a CrossFit jump rope, but a good jump rope. Start practicing those double unders. Because I would love for everybody to dial those in. Because um, it's a bit of a place where you can hide and rest if you're decent at them. But if you're not, man, they are... It took me six months to get 20, 25 double unders uh, in a row. So that wasn't easy. Um, apart from that is... You know, I go back to that mental part of CrossFit is is don't quit. It's it's going to be hard. If it was easy, um, you know, if it was easy, everybody would do it. Everybody would be fit. Everybody would be going to the games. Um, but it's because it's hard. It makes it worth doing. So understand that. You know, even as a coach for me, being able to do. Um, you know, last month I think I did nine unbroken muscle ups. It took me two years to get my first muscle up. And that's not a strict muscle up. That's literally like a kipping muscle up, hang on and do it. Two years of work. And I was a varsity athlete in university. So, you know, we have to put that into perspective. Like some things we're going to get real quick. Some things are going to come to us and some things aren't. Uh, currently working on, you know, again, if I want to compete at CrossFit, which is something I'm, I'm starting to put a little bit more of a priority on, I'm going to have to learn how to do a butterfly pull-up and a butterfly chest-to-bar, which previously doing it for fitness, uh, doing it to have fun, I've done kipping of both my entire CrossFit career, but it's a skill I'm going to have to, no, I'm going to have to learn this. I'm going to have to do this. And it's starting from scratch, and it's starting from, let's see if we can get three to four unbroken pull-ups over the bar with the chin over the bar. So whether you guys think it or not, the coaches are always working on something too. You know, if you're struggling with a double under, uh, if you're struggling uh, pulling the bar right into the hip for that snatch, uh, the coaches are sharing those struggles. Right, they're 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 a little different, um, but they're still struggles, and there's always going to be something in CrossFit that we always can get better at that we always need to work on. So again, going back to the team thing too, we're all in this as a team. There's always struggles. So one thing I wish I knew or, or had known about CrossFit when I started is that you have to be patient. Enjoy the process. Enjoy the victories. Like when you get a PR, when you get a certain amount of reps unbroken with a gymnastic movement, like enjoy that. Remember that. Put it on a board. Write it down. And during those struggles, go back to that and remember those times. Anyways, guys, um, moving August 20th, August 21st. So bit of, we'll go try to do one more podcast before then if not i apologize be on a bit of a hiatus and then from there i'll be in barhaven 
and hopefully see everybody more often. Uh, get a housewarming party going. I want to thank everybody for their continued support, continued membership at YOW. We love you guys. The community's unbelievable. And thanks for listening to the podcast. Ciao.